a golden doodle. Except when I'm looking at the pictures, it doesn't look like a golden doodle to me. <laughs> it looks like a German long-haired pointer or something. Anyway, it ate $4,000 in cash off of a kitchen counter. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, apparently, he puked and pooped $2,500 out, and they were able, the bank said they would exchange it for if they could salvage enough of it to show it was a complete bill with the serial numbers, the bank would exchange it for good bills. They salvaged all but 500 of it, which means that they taped together from poop and puke $2,000 worth of worth of money. I think I would murder that dog. Hey, flush the toilet! Too busy to flush! Hey everybody, welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. And if this is your first time joining us, thanks for being here. This is episode 155, I think. It is January 5th, our now nine-year-old daughter's birthday, Elise. Today she was born 1515. She's got one of the good birthdays. And um, if you want to know what the show is about, Molly and I have been married for... A really long time. We have four children. 15 years. There you go. Yeah. We have four children. Um, we live in Montana. We homeschool. And we, we do a have lot chickens. Of it we do a lot of random stuff. stuff. But anyway, the show is just Molly and I talking for the most part. And she generally has lots of really amazing things to say. Me, not so much. If you want to know what's going to happen in the show, um, take a look at the show notes. There's a time-stamped roadmap. I, for the most part... Uh, we don't know what we're going to talk about. Molly does. She comes down with a binder. She knows exactly what she's going to say. Sometimes. I have a couple of thoughts, but I figured you were going to talk about money this week, so Cecil was a good lead-in to, to talking about oh, money. money. Well, we did do, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but we did do, um, I did change up our budget this year quite a bit. Um, you guys, I read a, this is really dumb. I, I, this is not really dumb. It's all you can talk about for the sorry. last week. Sorry. <laughs> So my buddy, my buddy Christian sent me a, a six minute video with a couple of guys talking about uh, kind of where the economy might go this uh, in the next few years. We all know what Klaus Schwab is talking about. We all know that inflation is out of control. We all know that all the countries are in bed with each other. So nobody's going to necessarily tear down one thing because if they tear down one thing, they're going to tear down all the things. And China's making all these economic inroads into all sorts of things, colleges, funds, investments, commercial capital, all those things. Well, anyway, so this podcast was talking a little bit about it, and also, it wasn't a podcast, it was a short web video. But the guy they had on is a guy named Mike Maloney, and he's a he owns goldsilver.com, founded that. And so he was talking about gold and the value of money, and I thought, well, this is really interesting. And so I grabbed his, and I've I've been, you know, they say don't say this out loud, but you know I've been here here and there, buying a little bit of gold and keeping it someplace off site, um, every now and then, just kind of you know investments. Are it's you fun. burying it in our backyard? No, I'm, it's nowhere near my house. Oh, why do I not know where it is? Because you've you never asked. What if you die? You'll know where it is. It's in the will. It's in the living will. Where's that? 
It's in your dad's safe. We have things to talk about. Yeah. It's in your dad's safe. You guys, if you don't have a living will, I highly suggest putting one together and getting your affairs in order. So if something tragic does happen, I've had I've had a few friends die or a few, few friends who know people who've died this year, this last year, 2023. And it's been when finances and personal households are not put together, it's a nightmare for the family that's left. So... Try to get all that stuff organized, put together, take your passwords, put them somewhere, write down wherever you have stuff, whatever it is, you know, and it's just so everything's in order. Anyway, um, well, so I've known the value of that. Everybody, you know, precious metals are always a good, a good thing. Kind of, kind is of it the, in a banana stand? Oh my gosh, no. Kind of the common thing that, that I, was you hear, I know it was, uh, yeah. Kind of the common thing you hear is that it's a good, uh, it's a good, um, uh, hedge against inflation, which it is. I mean, it is going to be a good hedge against inflation. But the other thing I hadn't quite realized, I hadn't quite seen the um, its historicity of actually having value. And here's what happened. So I listened to this thing, and I'm like, that's really interesting. And the guy had mentioned, Maloney had mentioned they just written a book called The 21st Century Gold and Silver Rush. So I jump on Audible discover it's $7.35 for the Audible book. And I've got five straight days of ski patrolling at the mountain and I'm driving back and forth. So it's two hours of commute each day. That is, uh, what, 10 hours of commute time. And I've got my kids with me, a couple of those. But I'm like, I can finish this book in a week. And I did. And you guys, it was like taking the red pill from the Matrix. I saw everything in all of its glory. Now you can make charts and facts and data kind of say anything you want. Um, but he gave me more compelling information than I've heard in quite a long time um, on where the economy is headed, what's happened historically, what the Great Reset actually is. Um, and the fact that, you know, if you really want to weather some of this stuff historically since almost the dawn of man, I mean, look in the, look in, look in the Bible, you guys. It talks about gold and silver all over the place. Gold and silver has always had value, always had value. Currency means nothing. They're printing it like crazy. When you go get a credit card and you apply for, let's say you have a $8,000 credit line. They just write that $8,000 in. It just comes up, poof, magically it's there. Nobody's earned it. Nobody's made more. Nobody's, you know, there's no actual physical material behind it. It's completely, poof, it's there. It's magic. So it doesn't really have any value. Anyway, um, so, right. So all I was going to say is... Um, it was a really good read. Um, it's probably worth considering picking some up. Um, he actually has some recommendations in the book. Obviously he wants to buy you. He wants you to buy gold from his website, which uh, you can get gold. And he's, he said, you can get gold anywhere, you know, but if you know, you're going to buy gold, buy it from me. Um, but anyway, so that was a really, really good read. Uh, I recommend it for anybody who's interested in saving and investing and doesn't want to be left, um, you know, you got to you gotta take all this. Molly and I, my dad and I were just, and Molly and I were just talking about this this morning. You, There's some wisdom in it, but you can't, you can't go overboard and let it become an idol and put all of your hope and trust in, you know, your savings or your, or your preparation or all of that stuff. I also, can... I also think you can't be so obsessed with what bad things might happen and who the the bad guys, you know, Soros, Gates, 
Schwab, anybody else you want to throw in there uh, and piecing together how does Ukraine fit into this? How does Israel fit into this? How does Biden fit into this? You know, is Trump going to save us? Like Being so obsessed with that, with any of that, which I, and I'm saying this to my own detriment or, you know, as a, out of my own conviction, because I can have a tendency to try to put together all the dots and to worry about things. And I have a couple of friends who send me links to stuff because they, I'm a, I'm a sympathetic ear and I tend to agree with them on their interpretation of world events. And if they share stuff like this with other people, people are like, you're crazy. Where on the other hand, my mom got me a t-shirt for Chris or for my birthday that now I can't remember exactly what it says, but it basically says expert. It's a tally, a score column when it says experts and there's zero and conspiracy theorists have like 60 tallies for their score. Uh, I tend to 100% agree with that. Only it's not a conspiracy theory. It's just connecting the dots before everybody else. But all of that to say, if you lose sight of living by faith in the here and now and what you're called to right now, you're missing the point of what living by faith looks like because it doesn't matter what nefarious goals Schwab and Gates and Soros have. It doesn't matter how much power they seem to have, and it doesn't matter how much of that they're able to bring to bear in this world, in a sense. And I'm not saying don't resist evil people. I'm saying, Psalm 2, God who sits in heaven laughs at these people who would set themselves on a throne. And God has very clear, he has not revealed the future to us, but he has very much revealed to us what he calls us to do here and now. So if you obsess over the future at the cost of being faithful to the tasks and to the people that he has put in your life today, you are sinfully that, you know, that that you're doing the, op, you know, you're basically being the guy who stores up the grain and says, tomorrow I'm going to do this. And then the Lord strikes him because he's got silos full of grain and zero faith and a God complex who's basically the the Tower of Babel all over again. So, you know, I'm, I'm 100% on board with JR buying all the gold our budget can afford and, and silver and balancing it out according to all the ways that he's learned to do from this seven dollar audible book uh but I, I sound so i sound so like it makes me sound so like i learned something in a book i'm gonna go do it you know <laughs> what is the curve what do you call that curve where when you first learn something the more you learn like the less you actually you realize you don't know there's a the, the more you learn the um, more you realize you don't know yeah there's a there, there's a curve though it's got a name for it. Somebody's going to tell me what it is because I, I remember talking about this last I know, year. This is totally you, true for scripture. When you first learn something, you're like, whoa, you think I you know, know so everything. I know so much and I'm so empowered. And then the more you learn, the less you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I, there's a name for that. Huh. And I don't remember what it is. I am not familiar with that name. But they, um, I, my introductory I seminary like orientation classes, they basically told us that's what was going to happen. We were going to finish a year of seminary and be like, I'm so awesome. I know so much. And then we would finish seminary and ideally be like, holy it's cow. The, it's the Dunning-Kruger effect. Never heard of that. Yeah. The Dunning-Kruger effect is a cognitive bias in which people with limited competence in a particular domain overestimate their abilities. It's the internet. 
Yeah. So the moment you get, you know, so yeah, I just, there's a lot that I don't know for sure, but I just wanted to, I also want to temper what Molly, I realized I just interrupted you and kind of going on. No, but, that's, I, all I, all I wanted to say was there's, there's a very individual and faith focused balance between trying to be wise in interpreting the times and planning for the future as well as living by faith in the moment and doing what we know God has called us to now, which is to love others well and to be faithful with what he's given us in the moment. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. And, you know, temper that with the fact that uh, we live in a fallen world and stuff is going to, um, bad stuff is going to happen. I'm always kind of... I grew up in the evangelical subculture of the 80s and there was a strong push of uh you know divorce was like a was like a scarlet letter you know if you got a divorce that was a black mark that disqualified you. It was the worst thing you could there's, do. There's never you could never could get her um getting uh getting pregnant before you were married. Another really horrible horrible thing that um you can't ever do. And I, I, I put those two things together. There, there's different circumstances behind all of them. But, um, you know, and less so the pregnancy thing, but more so like the divorce thing. You may not have a choice in the, in the matter. I wouldn't actually and say, well, you don't have a choice. You do have a choice in the pregnancy thing mostly. You do but- most of the time. But the point being, we live in a fallen world and people like, or, well, I guess a better example. This would be a better example. We can ignore the other examples I just said. Just throw them out the window. Um, so what happens when this you is, plan this a show. is clear evidence that we don't plan things right. ahead. Um, let's talk about, um, and this is going to, I'm going to be stepping into some potentially murky waters. Let's talk about, um, birth control. Um, the idea behind whether or not to, you know, how, how, how much family planning do you do? How much do you give over to the Lord? Well, the, God did set things up to go a certain way. And unfortunately, if we just let ourselves go, even in a married context, we could easily find ourselves with more mouths to feed than we can possibly afford to feed. We're putting our, we're really going into some areas there where, you know, we could be putting lives at risk potentially and just not making good, wise life choices, you know, the kind of living beyond your means. Things happen. We live in a fallen world. Just because you follow that God doesn't mean everything is going to line up perfectly. So what I'm trying to say is, don't discount the fact that we live in a fallen world, bad stuff is going to happen, and you do need to prepare for the evil, for the bad, for the things that don't work out. For the fact that you could save, and then your car breaks down, and your savings goes down the drain in one now, suit with a car breakdown. God bless those crazy people who literally live by faith. They don't save for anything. Oh, God will provide. You know, I mean, all of that is <laughs> right, right. But I mean, I don't Man. know. I don't know if you remember what one of our very, very first podcast episodes ever. I was reading George Mueller's biography with yep. the kids, and he was German, felt called to be a missionary in England, and he was basically he at the time when Charles Dickens was writing, uh, he was welcoming orphans, taking care of orphans and he was living by faith like there was there's several stories of things like this but there was one story where the orphans all sat down to breakfast 
and they prayed and thanked the Lord for the meal, and then the orphans waited for the food, and there was none. <laughs> and so he said, I, I have no doubt that the Lord is going to provide food for us. And then the doorbell rings, or whatever the equivalent of that was for them, and the milkman, their wagon, his wagon had broken down in front of the orphanage, and he's like, all this milk's going to go bad before I am able to get it delivered while I'm getting my wagon fixed, so take all this milk. And so the orphans have an abundance of milk for their breakfast. And then not not, not a moment after they finish the milk, no, there's another knock on the door. And the bread person's cart had broken down in front of the orphanage and did the same thing, offloaded a day's worth of bakery goods onto the orphanage because they needed to get their wagon fixed right in front of the orphanage. And George Mueller, I mean, getting land and all these things, which is a huge stretch to me because I tend to be more of a mind to you like like have a have a savings account have a buffer you know do these things don't don't live in such a way that you're hand to mouth or you're relying on the charity of other people and yet there are people who do that and it works it works out for them i would also say don't put your trust in in the savings account don't put your trust in your ability to plan mm -hmm. because that too you know, I mean, I, I, in my, uh, my own perspective of how the world is going right now, you know, I, our savings account has not grown. Well, it did, and well, then it disappeared. No, again. no, no. What I'm, what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> let me say this: if, if we had had, if we had had, just hypothetically speaking, if we had had fifty thousand dollars in our savings account in 2018, and we did nothing with it between now and then. Between then and now, it would be worth two thirds of what it was worth then. I mean, look at yeah, look at Zimbabwe or Venezuela. You could have had a million dollars in the bank, and in the course of the hyperinflation, in the course of a couple of years, that would have bought you a loaf of bread, maybe. It goes back to the fact that currency, right? Since we left the gold standard, which we a lot of people have talked about, but it doesn't like we passed apparently in the book. Maloney said, we passed the point of no return in 2008. We had a chance to right the ship. In terms of still in having terms enough of, gold in the world to yes, tie in our terms money terms of to... in terms of being able to meet our debts, meet our obligations. We did have the ability to turn that tide in 2008. And instead, Bernanke and crew went the other direction. And we have just printed piles and piles and piles and piles and piles and piles and piles. I feel like we were going somewhere... We were talking about Mueller and living by faith. Yeah. And people, no. those crazy wackos who actually do live by faith. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, also, I was going to comment on your... They give everything use, away. No, no, no. I was going to comment on your use of birth control in that because, oh, I mean, there are a lot sorry. of people who would say, you know, we can't afford more than two kids or more than one kid because of See, X, I, there's Z. caveats there too. Yeah, there's lots of caveats. I think that there most people in the world, in America today err on the side of we can't afford to have more kids than our one or our two because xyz because daycare is too expensive because our house payment because we want to have a college fund because we want to be able to pay for braces for all of the kids you know whatever it is and i would argue is that really a solid reason to to um how do i say this you know because because the Lord is really clear that children are a blessing from the Lord. 
And I'm not sure that most modern Americans have a good reason for saying we can't afford more it's, kids. I, I just wanted to throw that. Like, no, I, I, agree. I don't disagree with you. And I also think that there's a physical health and a mental health of the mom case to be made. Like, if the Lord were to give us another child, which would be a miracle and would not be something we were seeking. Literally. <laughs> even would, I would worship that child as the new as the new risen you, you savior. You would not worship that child. But you <laughs> it would It would have been a miraculous you, conception. No, you would unless say, you're sleeping around on me. You would say clearly the Lord wanted us to have another child. <laughs> you know? And I have Catholic friends that I work with at Canavox who uh, are like in their mid 40s and they're like my body is done having kids and then they find out that they're pregnant with kid number nine or whatever and they're like this child is really special because i did not think that my body was capable of was you know my body seemed past the point of childbearing years and the lord's the lord saw to it that he would open my womb another time and those people at least you know i can think of two gals and they're like it was not in my life plan i was ready to move on like there's one gal who's like her youngest i think it's her ninth child is like 10 years younger than all of her than her last kid like she was done done emotionally all the things and but i then i think about me and how physically difficult pregnancy has been on me Mm -hmm. and they say and i just did scare quotes for people who are not JR looking at me, quote unquote, they say that your body takes two to three years nutritionally to recover from everything that goes into growing a child. Uh, just in terms of your, like, if, if your body needs calcium and minerals, it takes them from your teeth, which is why a lot of women have a lot of dental problems after pregnancies is because, you know, and so then it takes years to build back up just the mineral supply in your body for that. Um, There is evidence that children who are, if you have kids without waiting like a year and a half or so between pregnancies, at least uh, the, the, the younger child can tend to have health problems because your body wasn't in a condition to totally develop a healthy baby. And I'm not saying, I don't necessarily agree with what quote unquote they say, because we didn't space any of our children according to that. But I absolutely feel the uh, the health consequences of having multiple kids more closely together than uh, quote unquote the experts would recommend for maternal health. And golly, yesterday I was in Hobby Lobby. I went in there to try to buy two things for Elisa's birthday cake preparation and uh, I about three rows over from I didn't find one of the things I was looking for but I did find silicone molds to make homemade gummy worms and I'm really excited about those even though Lily looked at it and goes bitch you're gonna make them healthy eh. and I was like why else would I be making homemade gummy worms <laughs> uh, I, I can make them healthy and delicious <clears throat> anyway um, so I'm, I'm about three aisles over. I just hear this young child screaming and screaming. And, you know, my inner Pharisee is like groaning and get a hold of your kid. And, uh, 
it went on and on and on. And I was like, what on earth is this mom doing with this child who maybe should be taking a nap right now? So that, but then I move on with my life. Speaking of judgmental, maybe you should be taking a nap. I know. Come on now. What was it? It was two in the afternoon. A child that age should be. Welcome to our parenting podcast. Make your children take naps every day. No less than 10 hours of sleep. Your life is going to be hell. Uh, I mean, Faith doesn't get enough sleep and she's pretty miserable to be around sometimes because she lives her life according to a 13 She's also a selfish little turd. Well, she's a sinner. Yeah. She's cute though. Uh-huh. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. You guys, she made a fort under our schoolroom table yesterday and she wanted to sleep in it. And I told her that if she actually went to sleep because it was in the area of the kitchen, like close enough to the kitchen that she would hear me cleaning the kitchen after everybody went to bed I told her she could stay in it and she did she went to sleep okay she was worried it's where the rabbit cage is she was worried the rabbit would keep her awake and he didn't uh and I checked on her right before I went to bed and her head was underneath a chair propped up on a pillow and she had she was hugging a baby doll and it was just the most precious little girls and their baby dolls just are so sweet and difference between boys and girls from the very earliest Titus never you realize that when you get when like girls just grow up turning they just turn their pillow into the new baby doll <laughs> well no no, no. There, are you, I feel like you're you're attacking me here I'm not attacking you. I'm pointing out a fact that <laughs> almost every woman I know at about the age of 30 just a, curls up into a pillow and just wrap, surrounds themselves maybe it's a pregnancy a thing. cocoon of pillows a cocoon of pillows it's, it I used will, to be baby dolls and stuffed animals now it's just I will tell you pillows. exactly why I, I do a cocoon of pillows because when you're pregnant you shove a pillow under your belly so it's not like you know smashed asymmetrically onto the ground while you're or onto the bed while you're sleeping on your side because you're not supposed to sleep on your back because it can cut off circulation and to your legs and to your baby and so I started sleeping with a pillow to support my belly and four kids later I still am struggling with core strength and core integrity and I feel like if I don't have something propping my belly up while I'm sleeping I feel just like like it's all getting smashed into the by gravity's pulling it into the bed so I sleep with a pillow on my side you don't have a belly I do no enough of it just gets pulled down I like to have like my core propped up okay then I should have then I should have my core propped up go for it go for it I don't need it propped up it stays put you have no idea what a child does to your innards nope Okay, so going back to the lady in Hobby Lobby, I went to the checkout because I was only buying a few things. I picked up my gummy worms and my cupcake box, standing in the checkout line, and this poor young mom, I hear the screaming behind me, and this is I'm in the checkout line, and this poor young mom, she's got twins, one on each shoulder, they look like, or one on each hip, they look like they're like between 12 and 14 months. They were... They were able to walk, but not well. So 12 to 15 months. She's got one on each hip, and she is booking it out of there, and they are screaming. Both of them are screaming at the top of their lungs. And here's where I was convicted of my judgmentalism standing back in the cake aisle. The cashier, who was in her probably 60s, and the lady who was paying, who were in their 60s, immediately started talking about how young moms these days don't discipline their kids. 
and how those two little girls probably just needed a spanking. And I was like, uh, you know what? I didn't, I, I was thinking this cause they were super judgmental of this mom. And I'm thinking at least she just navigated through the glass breakable section that Hobby Lobby very strangely puts in a weirdly close together area. She didn't break anything. She took her kids out of the store. She's probably like that poor mom needs a hug is what I was thinking. Well, we've all seen the Instagram videos of like the mothers who just let their kids get away with anything or they don't discipline them. Right. Calm down, Billy. I, I agree. Okay. There was no evidence here that that mom was doing that. Right. I mean, for all There's we know... There's a lot of presumption going yeah, on. Yeah, for all we know, she was trying to manage buying something for a birthday last minute. This is the only chance she gets. Her husband works. She doesn't have any backup. This is the only time she's got to go to the store. She didn't buy what she was there for. She just marched out with her twins on each hip, screaming. And by all accounts, I've heard that twins in that season of life is an extremely difficult thing on a parent. Like, you never sleep. Tracy, you know. can you confirm? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, anyway, I was just, I was convicted at my own, like, having heard a couple aisles older, over the screaming and being like, uh, get on top of it, mom. And then seeing a really upset mom exiting with Have twins we forgotten, though, how bad seemed... our kids have been in the years past? You know... There's been moments. There, Oh, for sure there have been moments. And some of them happen in public. Kids and it is mortifying. And that's why I was thinking, golly, that mom really needs a hug. And when I paid a couple minutes later and left, I actually scanned the parking lot to see if she was still there to see if I could go offer her a hug. I didn't see her. Uh, but I was just like, you know, at least at least I'm going to say a prayer for her right now. Like, Lord, just give her wisdom and give her rest, whatever she needs in the moment. And maybe help her kids to fall asleep in the car on the way home because those kids needed a nap. Uh, anyway, um... So Elise's birthday, I haven't really, this is something, a conversation I've saved up for you until right now. I think I mentioned to you, well, I'll go, I'll, I'll go back. You guys, it is, we did not plan this. Having a early January birthday or a immediately after Christmas birthday with a child is very poor planning when, if you want to honor celebrating, honor that child and celebrating his or her birthday ever again. <laughs> And I, one of Elise's Sunday school teachers at church has the same birthday as Elise does. And we were chatting a couple of weeks ago and she's like, yeah, I never got birthday celebrations growing up. And I was like, I get it. I have just spent a pile of money on Christmas. I've cooked for all the special Christmas occasions. We just had New Year's. We had this weird week of, I don't know what's going on. We're not doing anything. The kids are devolving into being completely feral uh, and then we're just starting and skiing. and skiing. We're just starting to get back going into into the routine of the year. And then we have to stop everything and spend more money and eat more junk food and decorate the house again for a birthday. And poor Elise just always kind of gets the shaft. And so I don't remember. It was, do you remember when I asked you if I could plan her get our birthday party? Um. Yeah, and you, well, you didn't ask me, you said you were thinking about planning one, but you were stressing out over how much it was going to cost. Yeah. At which point I said, don't stress, it's a lease, it's a third born, it's a birthday, just, <laughs> just do go, it. just full send. So I did. So I, 
So then I said it aloud to Elise, and if you know Elise, you know that she latches on to it and she runs with it. So as soon as I spoke it aloud to her, which it was also very convicting, I was like, so Elise, your dad and I are thinking of doing a get air birthday party for you. And she was like, what? You would do that for me? And I was like, oh, knife to the heart. (laughs) Which part of it is she just knows that I'm cheap and we usually do in-house things rather than drop 250 bucks for a party out of the house. And if you guys are unfamiliar with get air, it's a trampoline park. Trampoline park, park, yeah. And so she was... Spiral fracture city for some doctor people out there. She was just so overwhelmed at the thought that we would do something like that for her and then she decided she wanted to invite all of her friends that do judo with us and she starts listing off her invite list and i'm on the get air website and i'm like okay we have to we're doing it on a weekend because we're not all homeschooled and we're doing uh she wants to invite all these judo friends and there's four of us to start with and the get air party package start is it is for 10 kids and then you pay like $25 for each extra kid above that and we've got four of the 10 just in our own family <laughs> and she wants to invite uh it it turned out to be 14 kids that she invited uh so I'm I'm like okay JR says don't stress about the money do this for the third born who just can't believe we would be so kind as to throw a birthday <laughs> party for her and then she's gonna take that inch and go an extra mile we're just just gonna do it and so I went online was it Monday to book the party and uh and they have this promo code a coupon code on the front page of their website that if you book a party right now you can get five extra kids for free and an extra pizza which is five kids at $25 each is $125 and the pizza is another $25. So $150 of extra stuff, which pretty much exactly meets what Elise wanted for no extra money. I I was like, uh, I feel like this is like a gift from the Lord. Just, you know, again, going back to that, what's the balance between living by faith and providence and you know, did the Lord put that coupon code there just for me? I, as you know, a mercy for me. A quick short segue there. Um, there's been a lot of things related to like, you know, the studio rebuild or projects I'm working on where I'm like, I think this is what I I, I should be doing, or I'm just gonna move in this area and kind of just see what happens. And like I'll find a crazy good used equipment deal. Or I'll find a coupon code that gives it like fifty percent off or something. I'm like Hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So anyway, so I, I booked the party for her and we're doing it on Sunday and I'm in the middle of trying to prep her cupcakes. So I'm not doing that on Sunday after church before the party. And, uh, I, my, I feel like we talked about my Rubik's cube cupcake or cake adventure. We for did. Tigers. Yeah. It was an episode I'm, or two ago. I'm struggling again with my cakes did not come out of their pan. And then the other one that I'm making is thicker than I wanted it to be. It'll be fine. Maybe you should have Lily make the cake. I should just, I should just outsource cake making to Lily now. Cause my last couple endeavors have not been awesome. Anyway. Uh, I just felt like that was a really kind of sweet mercy from the Lord that I said yes to her 
just, okay, we're going to do this because we love you. And it's very important to help you feel loved and valued. And wow, it's not as much of a stretch on our budget as it could, as we were willing for it to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just because of this incredible coupon code that I got from Get Air just from, and I was going to book it weeks ago and then thought, you know, we should make sure that the kids we're inviting can come before we prepay for all of those kids. And we took a couple weeks off of judo, so we didn't see those kids until this week. And so I didn't book it until then, which if I had booked it before, we would have been paying that extra 150 bucks. So anyway, that was kind of sweet. Um, How much time do we have before cool. you have to go to PT? Oh, I got plenty of time. I got an hour. Oh, okay. No, you have an hour till you have to be there. Yeah, and we're at 40 minutes for the show. So. Okay. We're so, right at we're right at the point we could quill. You guys, this is the last we're recording the show in the library and next week we'll be in the studio. Um I am because I'm still waiting for some equipment to arrive, I am probably gonna be a week behind by the time I'm all said and done with where I wanted to be. But that's okay. I've got some fluff in there I can build around. Anyway, um I haven't told Molly, but you're gonna have a slightly different sonic quality change or sonic change to our podcast beginning with the next episode um i purchased a second microphone so we will each be going a little more traditional and having our own microphones um so we won't have uh hopefully nobody will be complaining nobody will complain about not being able to hear me on telegram and um <laughs> there'll be less room noise, there'll be less clothing noise, less movement noise, that sort of thing. So um I did do that, so that we'll be kicking that off again, uh kicking that off next week. Next week hopefully. in the newly remodeled studio. Mm-hmm. Which looks phenomenal. I am just super stoked. It does look super cool. Now I just have the whole going out and getting work sort of thing. I've got plenty of work to keep me busy for the next month and a half, two months next two months. But um got to keep that pipeline full mm-hmm. and then you're also going to have to resist the urge to spend a pile of money remodeling everything else in our house because oh man you like how that looks oh i love how it looks i want to redo our whole library that we're sitting in right now i could face all of the bookshelves but that's like oh man that's that's like a it's like a small fortune in oak yep so not going to do that anytime soon okay uh so we talked a little bit earlier just about you're working on the budget because it's the new year yeah. and all the things and I had posted I think on January 1st I posted a question if people were New Year's resolution people or not and funny enough I have seen uh, maybe I'm just more uh, in tune to it now having listened to James Clear's book Atomic Habits mm-hmm. last September maybe I'm more attuned to seeing his posts or people sharing quotes from him or posts from him but he's uh i've just seen a ton in the last week of people sharing snippets or thoughts from the atomic habits guy and the it kind of goes along with people's reactions on telegram there were a couple people who were like no no no, we don't do resolutions if we feel like something needs to change in our life we don't wait (laughs) to do it uh you know, what was it we, being compared to? Resolutions versus... Uh, was it habits? Or, it was on our Telegram group. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember the exact phrase. Um, but I feel like the spirit of the conversation was 
you know, a resolution is a desire to change actions where a habit is more of an orientation and a lifestyle and just changing the outward action is not going to be sustainable where developing a habit is more of an inward orientation. This ties a little bit to kind of the whole that week I was going down the whole financial uh, rabbit hole thing. I I wanted to get some other I re, I realized I was only listening to one perspective on the whole gold and silver thing. So I wanted to give it get another perspective. And there was a random one of um Dave Ramsey's radio shows came on or, or like talked to and it didn't really they do a lot of bait and switch with their titles on their podcasts. Ramsey um, does. Yeah, like it says why this doesn't work or why this or why that and like he answered like there's one call that's answered um with that topic and even it didn't go into any, any depth but um interestingly on that note habits and resolutions and things uh Ramsey doesn't um well I won't get into what he said about his sorry his minions cuz Ramsey wasn't even around they said he was on the golf course and his two cronies <laughs> were doing the radio show um but they're like yeah it's just the market outperforms gold every time <laughs> and it's like that's all he said and it's like I've just read a whole book with a whole bunch more data and information that shows that that's not actually true <laughs> you know but anyway then I listened to another podcast and they talked about how Ramsey doesn't actually make the best financial doesn't give you the best financial advice like take paying off credit cards mm-hmm. he says start with the lowest the debt snowball method start with the lowest balance one first mm-hmm. because what you're doing is you're trying to reframe your thinking and build habits and build the feel good things like I just paid yeah. off a card I just paid off a card yeah. where you're actually paying way more in interest by leaving that high balance yeah. one alone so the reason that applies to attempt, uh, you know the habits versus resolutions so, thing so just really quickly the <clears throat> distinction in our telegram was goals versus revolution. goals resolutions, where yeah. a, a resolution is like an orientation and a goal has a finite yeah. end point so but I mean to his to Ramsey's credit he was trying like he does I think does try to change the underlying motivations right. and attitude behind it. But again, it's still an actual thing. Like you've got to dig even deeper when doing those things by going after the desires, like changing your your heart orientation towards what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we spend money on these things we want when a lot of times it's based on stuff that if we can orient something else a little bit differently or change our value structure a little bit, but all that comes from desires and orientations that are more of a resolution mm-hmm. than simply a behavioral habit. Yeah. So anyway, random. Yeah. No, I just, I, I was reflecting two things. One is I was reflecting on, uh, the idea that people set all of these goals or resolutions for the new year. And it is because it's a, oh, this is a total aside. And I I read this on the internet, so I don't know if it's true or not, but apparently the, uh, the old calendar followed. So the, the Romans reset the calendar. And I remember studying this when we were studying Roman history and they brought in some Egyptians to help them because they kept having to have these like leap weeks. You know, it wasn't just a leap day. It was they because they weren't completely aligned. But the you know, the Jewish calendar aligns with the moon, which I think is on a twenty eight day cycle. Um and 
I'm a little bit out of my league here in terms of what I'm talking about. But, you know, if you track when a full moon comes, it doesn't align with the months. We have a different set of months than a mm-hmm. lunar year. And so people are saying if we're really, you know, the real year, so to speak, however you want to define year. that, would be would follow the lunar calendar. So the month would reset with the full moon. And the old Roman calendar actually ended in or whenever the new calendar was set i don't uh, anyway all this to say when it was when the quote-unquote new year was it used to be around the time of like the chinese new year or the you know it's not they, they call it the lunar new year um and the chinese and other asian cultures still celebrate the new year around then which is usually around april and when Western cultures got away from that, the people who celebrated the old New Year started to be called April Fools because they were fools to be celebrating the New Year in April versus when the oh, official modern New Year was established on January 1st. And so the phrase April Fools actually came from people who were considered foolish to be celebrating the old, the New Year according to the old calendar and not the new calendar. Okay, that was an aside. I may not have had my facts right on that. Um, you know, you guys can fact check me. I was kind of wondering where that to. came from. Anyway, so I was actually thinking about this past year and new things or resolutions or changes that we've made in our lives or that I personally have made in my life in the last year because there's, there's a couple of people who are kind of homestead homemaker sorts of accounts who advocate learning a new skill every month or at just adding something little in in terms of life change every month and then of course they gain followers by creating a schedule and follow along with me and learn cheese making this month and improve your sourdough skills this month and make your own laundry detergent with me next month but uh, I feel like there's been a couple of significant things that we have done uh, one of them obviously was getting chickens, uh, which changes our food supply chain. Changes our travel habits too. It does. It does. Also, we're cu- we're coming up on a couple of weeks of sub zero lows, so we're gonna have to get a little bit more diligent in checking on them and making sure they're okay. Uh, but uh, also, I started baking with freshly ground wheat on some of my bread, which. Freshly, you guys, just so you know why that's significant. Freshly ground wheat has some vitamins and minerals that start degrading in quality after about a day or two after being ground. And so you get this huge nutritional boost from consuming freshly ground grain, especially if then you uh, ferment it through sourdough. I'm about to <coughs> sneeze. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Pause, sneeze, then I could edit it. I can't really edit that because you're in the middle of a phrase. No, you can just start with I'm about to sneeze. (laughs) You sneezed as you said sneeze. (laughs) Sorry, I thought I was going to be able to pause and sneeze, and now I don't know if I've got one, like, part of a sneeze still built up in my nose. Um, Also, integrating more meat into our diet I'm attempting to integrate regular exercise, which I've fallen off the wagon on quite a bit since our we're runners now boost in August and mid to mid-September, and then it just died out. 
But uh, there's a couple things that I want to try this next year, especially in the gardening growing season, that I just want to continue kind of experimenting as well as just integrating things. One of them is you can grow loofahs, you know, like the things that you buy as body scrubs. Yeah. They actually grow like a like a cucumber. And I'm planning or hoping to do a trellis of one of those. I can order them from the seed company. I always forget where I ordered my seeds, but I was How pretty happy with them. How do you spell loofahs? That's a great question. Everyone pause right now and spell loofah in your brain. And I, think oh, well, I'm just, I write show notes as, yeah. we, as we do the show. and I just. I think it's L-O-U-F-A-H. Hmm. But, but you can grow your own. And L-O-O-F-A-H. You can grow your own and then you dry them. So it's in, it's in the pumpkin, squash, and gourd family. And then I would like to start using them not only for our bodies, you know, instead of washcloths, mm-hmm. but also in our sinks. Because I want to get away from using the gross green and blue sponges that harbor bacteria and release microplastics back into our water supply and so I want to see if I can grow some and then you just let them dry on the vine and then peel the skin off of them and you it doesn't take many more steps before you have a nature made sponge so that's on my goals for I'm going to order some loofah seeds and attempt to do and I also, your parents and my parents' friend Dale is renting a place right now that has a Concord grapevine growing in the alley. And he said it just was gangbusters this last year. So before he moves, I'm going to ask him to get me a couple of cuttings from it. I know that you ordered some grapes that we are hoping to get in the ground next year. But I think it would be fun as long mm-hmm. as it's free. So all of that to say, I've got a couple of things. I want to try growing sweet potatoes again this year because I got them started well, but they didn't actually grow very well once I got them in the ground. I'm going to try that again. And I want to try to do some grapes from from cuttings. may work, it may not, but it's just some of my time. It's not worth, you know, it's not costing anything. Yeah. <clears throat> I did get... Four trees transplanted. I've never tried transplanting a tree, but I took three trees out that have been growing up. Um, I've been kind of letting a voluntary aspen grove start in my part of my front yard. So I, I don't know, cottonwoods. So I transplanted one of those. Molly's pretty sure we had a ash, ash a mountain coming ash. up out of our garden. Yeah. So I dug that up. Right in the middle Trans- of my green bean patch. So we let it grow for two years, then it's all taller than I am now. So I transplanted that. Um, and and then, then we also starting... Ne- you didn't move any of my apples, did you? My apple trees? No. So no. not this last summer, but the summer before, a friend gave me a box of apples from her mom's apple tree. And knowing that it was a varietal that does well here... I dumped all of the cores into two tires and then just covered it with compost. And I've got about five. One of them got to be about two feet tall, maybe three feet tall last summer. And then there's about four more that got made it to about a foot tall. So we're going to let those grow in the 
in the tires for one more so year. So there's not, yeah, and there's not much of a, you know, you kind of dig around and try to scoop them out with the root ball. Um, unfortunately, I didn't, I wasn't able to get quite the whole root ball thing intact because the ground was kind of dry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was cold out. The trees were dormant, so hopefully I didn't shock them into dying. But I pulled them out, like roots, way, it was more of a bare root thing, kind of really intact. Took all the original dirt that I could, threw it in the hole, in the new hole, packed it up really good, and stuck them in there. So hopefully we'll see if they, if they, if, if they, they come, take if they, yeah, if they take off. It'd be yeah. really cool. I've never, I've grafted a tree now because when I bought one, one of the branches partially broke, so I taped it back to itself. Mm-hmm. That was cool, and it grew back. So I gra- I've grafted a tree. Um, I've never tried transplanting one though, so this would be kind of cool. Yeah, this works. And then rooting some grapevines. Rooting some grapevines. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to cool build. Experiment. I've got to do some posts, some concrete holes, posts, and some wire, so I could have a kind of a grapevine trellis to yeah. to grow on. Then I got to run all new irrigation line in the spring. Oh, so much work. <laughs> I also I've been contemplating it. It would be kind of cool to do maybe a sunflower patch or mm. a really big zinnia patch in the part that you you smoothed out that whole area behind our logs, uh, where the cons- the the gas and the cable or electric company mm-hmm. dug it up rather than trying to reseed it with grass or something. I might try to do something interesting or productive there. Yes, which would be cool. Just keep in mind that my dad still wants to be able to park a trailer back there behind our shop, so we need to be able to drive. No, back I'm talking there. about by the the front of our driveway. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's all. That that's ripe for the taking. Yeah. Yeah, do whatever you want there. So I had one other thing that I was going to say about the new year. And there's kind of a thing where people pick a word for the year. And I've always thought that that was kind of hokey. And apologize, apologies to those of you out there who do it for thinking that it was kind of hokey. But this year, I have a word that keeps coming to mind as I was contemplating the turn of the new year. And I keep thinking, you know, this year... For our family, I want us to be grounded. And that has multiple... Yes. So what she did is she went out and bought some sheets that you plug in the grounding (laughs) pin for our bed. He's not joking, you guys. And you know what? I wasn't... I was a little bit embarrassed to tell him that I bought really expensive sheets that might have been some snake oil. But he... I'm like, I don't know if it makes a difference. But I'm, you know... Because it, you know, do I want just to think that it makes a difference because I spent a pile of money on these sheets? But JR told me after several nights of sleeping on them that he feels like he's sleeping better. It's true. With them. Do you still feel I like that? Yes, I didn't sleep well last night, but um, I feel like overall I'm definitely sleeping better. And the idea behind that, you guys, is that your body is electrically, like, your body has an electrical charge. That your heart runs on electricity, your nerves are electrical impulses. And just like anything else that has an electrical charge, in order for the buildup to be discharged, you need to ground it. And a human being can do that by walking on barefoot on ground. And human beings used to be grounded because we wore shoes that had wooden or leather soles. And that was basically not interfering with the flow of our electrical charge to be the buildup to be discharged into the ground. But because we're outside in something with rubber soles all the time, the buildup is never discharged. And so you can be grounded by walking around outside barefoot, 
but these sheets literally you just plug the grounding pin into the grounding part of an electrical outlet and do we have science backing this up i have no idea I I, mean, I don't have anything. I mean, these people have their own advertising video that shows. You can make charts <laughs> and graphs say anything you want. I know, which is why, which is why I even when I was telling you that I'd bought them, I was like, I'm gonna hold this with a grain of salt. You know, if it's actually gonna help us or not. Did you buy them on Amazon? No, I bought them from directly from the company. Oh. I, see, I could put an Amazon referral link. Find but. I could see if they have an Amazon store. Um, no, but but also so yes. Yeah, so physically grounded, like I would like us to, as a family, feel more of a connection to the earth, in terms of where does our food come from, where does our, you know, all of our appreciation for food, our health, all of it comes from understanding where it comes from. So we have a deeper sense of gratitude rather than, oh, food just magically appears on my plate because somebody magically went to the store and used this piece of plastic that has imaginary money (laughs) to purchase it. You know, I mean, when I, when I have actually put in the work to so this last year one of my goals you guys I don't know if I ever talked about this on on here was I wanted to grow enough tomatoes to have all of our canned tomato goods canned in the fall for the next year which is salsa marinara sauce we do we we eat a decent amount of salsa we also consume probably an average of a quart a week of marinara sauce whether it's in the form of pasta or spaghetti and so it was a pretty ambitious goal to grow enough tomatoes to then can them into either salsa or just tomato sauce oh I also made I didn't make as much as I wanted but I made homemade ketchup because uh, ketchup generally has a lot of not great for you ingredients and then it's stored in plastic which leeches into the acetic uh, tomato stuff. So I made a couple of rounds of ketchup that I really like. And if I put it into a disguised container, the kids can't tell the difference between store-bought and homemade ketchup as long as it's not too thick. So anyway, I did accomplish that goal. but I would, And I just appreciate the food knowing literally every step that it took. I grew the tomatoes from seed. I watered them, I harvested them, I peeled them, I cooked them, I canned them. That is creates so much more of a sense of connection to our food than just, you know, I used this imaginary money to take this something, something that somebody else created into my home. And so I want us to appreciate our food, where it comes from, what it gives to us, and the land that gave the food to us. And of course, then the Lord who created the entire design and made it all happen again, you know, makes it all happen every growing season. We then appreciate that. But also, I think the phrase grounded, so it literally being grounded, you know, electrically to the earth, being grounded in terms of understanding and appreciating where our food comes from and where our, all of our things come from, truthfully, you know, our clothing and things like that are also gifts to us from raw goods that God created and that man and 
his ingenuity has created into various forms of clothing and whatnot. But also, I I continue, I think because of my Canevox work, I continue marveling at this transhumanism and how, how um, there's this author that I've gone down a rabbit hole of reading and listening to over the last two weeks named Abigail Favale, and she wrote a book that was published this year called The Genesis of Gender, and I've skimmed the entire book and read a couple of sections of it more in depth. She's Catholic, but what she has to say is not overly Catholic, and it's very incisive and very interesting as she's tracing... Insightful or concisive? Both. Incisive and insightful. Incisive is like really pointed, like a very sharp, you know, understanding of the issues. She, Favale has... Intelligently analytical and clear thinking. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, I will send JR a link to a podcast interview that she did with Kevin DeYoung, who, as most of you probably know, is a PCA pastor, used to be CRC pretty big and well he didn't he write the book young restless and reformed yeah. or co-write it but has settled into being i think one of the better modern reformed thinkers and communicators that we have right now i almost always like what he has to say um he did an interview with her because he has a podcast i think it's sponsored by crossway where he discusses books with various authors mm-hmm. And so he's discussing her book, and she refers to our current culture as laptop culture. In other words, our culture is, our experience of life is mediated to us by technology. And she says, and I 100% believe this, the more I look at the world around us, uh, things like transgenderism... Uh, that have rampantly taken hold in our culture are really only possible because we are not having real life experiences of things. To really believe that you can change genders takes a disconnect from reality. That uh, laptop culture, as she refers to it, has enabled to a degree that I can't imagine anything else could have helped enable it to that degree. And so as, uh, you know, you and I, we did we talk about this last time, the social media and kids um, thing? Yeah. I know you wrote a, you wrote a blog post about it. I wrote a blog about post it. about it, yeah. But, you know, the more, it's not just there's the dangers of bullying, there's the dangers of the sexual content that kids are exposed to. But just yesterday, I listened to a podcast interview that Allie Stuckey did with a gal. First name is Daisy. I don't remember what her last name is, but she lived as a transgender man for five years, did the testosterone, uh, had a double mastectomy. And she said the, uh, two things one was the whole pronoun thing and the um she she said her time on social media 
drove her into a form of narcissism that she thinks most transgender people fall victim to, Mm -hmm. which is so obsessed with what other people think of me and how I present to other people, which then, you know, the pronoun thing is absolutely a form of narcissism. Like you have to do everything according to what I want. And so she's, she, this gal Daisy says, I, I was so obsessed with how I presented. Oh, it was actually, this may be more information than some people want, but so she had a double mastectomy and she said there's this euphoria that people who get the mastectomy experience because they've fixated on this is going to be the thing. Like she said, you know, when you're trying to present as a male and you're chest binding, you can't do physical activity because you can't breathe. So like she couldn't exercise in public because in order to present as a man, she was wearing this chest binder that constricted the movement of her ribs so much that she couldn't physically exert herself because she couldn't breathe if she did. And so (coughs) she says having the double mastectomy is going to enable me to, to actually live life presenting as a man. And Allie said, did you, did you ever consider bottom surgery, which is the phrase that, you know, the euphemistic phrase Mm -hmm. for, you know, getting more cross sex, uh, surgery done. And Daisy's response was no, I never considered it because first of all, I didn't think that the risks and the costs would be worth the payoff for me. And second of all, for me, it was all about how I presented to other people. Mm. It didn't matter what was hidden what mattered was what other people could see and how I presented. So I was fine with everything down there because nobody could see it and it wasn't messing up how I presented to other people. And which, which I mean, I don't know. It was a really, really interesting, interesting interview. And Ali was really kind and sympathetic and listening to it. And this gal is now by God's grace, uh, just like, started listening to Jordan Peterson during the uh, all the whirlwind when Peterson skyrocketed to fame mm-hmm. because he got fired for not using pronouns. And, um, and she was like, I was really sympathetic to him, but all of my other peers in the trans community were, um, were, you know, so incensed and so angry. And she's like, I was sympathetic to him because I'm a free speech absolutist. And I was even then, which means you have the freedom to say, whatever you want, even if I disagree with it. But that, like, listening to Peterson kind of led her down this path of Peterson would talk about the Bible and his faith exploration, which I don't think that he claims any one religion. So it's interesting how that set her on a path to reading the Bible. Yeah. Um, But um, anyway, all that to say, she does, she talks about this disconnect between reality and this obsessive amount of time being spent online and I you know just so it's all of this looking more and more at how people lose a sense of reality because of the time that they spend online has made me want to be even more committed to 
for us as well as for our kids, making sure that the most real thing to us is being being grounded in what is real and what is true, which is God made me this way. The way God made me is good. And of course, it's uh, that that good is marred by my experience of living in a fallen world and me being a fallen person living in that fallen world. But what I seek to change is what's been marred by sin, not what is good and what is real. And so as I look to parenting in the new year, because we're talking about New Year's habits and resolutions, if you will, I want to continue really focusing on keeping our kids as grounded in what is real as possible. I'm just going to ground my kids. (laughs) Have you been waiting for 15 minutes while I've been rambling to say that? (laughs) Sorry. No, I haven't. That just sprung to mind as I was... The the challenge with that is we never go anything or do anything. What do we ground our kids from? Skiing. And and actually technology. Technology and um, this judo tournament that popped up last minute. But we're not doing that anyway. We're not. But they are just... Our kids, you guys, have been really selfish and really down each other's throats for the last couple of weeks, basically, since Christmas. And I think part of it is just their souls have lost a sense of control, self-control as well as external control. And so literally, I mean, literally for faith, I was like, you are going to sit at the kitchen table for an hour and a half one morning while the big kids do school. I don't care what you do, but you're gonna have your bottom in the chair and you can get up and you can go get something and then you're gonna come right back and you're gonna have your bottom in the chair. And I think that her having that external enforcement has made her more pleasant like she, i mean yeah you we can so what you're saying is we can praise the virtues of having feral free-range children all we want but they ha- they like they, they have to, to be disciplined as well yeah. yeah there's yeah yeah all right um well we've been at this long enough so um your dad is texting me for help to load a tv i've got to go to my tpt appointment in um like right now and um, at least it's getting her ears pierced when I get back from my PT appointment. Pretty so crazy. So that said, you guys, I drank my awesome peak green tea, fermented pu'er green oh, tea. Oh, I'm also having the, one of the sample ones you got me, but I can't remember what it was. The entire show, they are frequently uh, offering 10-pack uh, samplers as well. I've got a referral code in the show notes for some tea if you want. The only thing it does is it gives me a little bit of a discount when I order my tea. <laughs> so it's just kind of selfish. But it's actually really, really good tea. And I will tell you now, I have been drinking it since, regularly since It's been a last, year now. I haven't been Because my mom sick. gave you some for your birthday. I haven't been sick since I've been on it. I'm not going to say that's just due to the tea, because I'm also <laughs> trying to make sure when I'm feeling like under the weather or I feel my tonsils swelling, I'm getting rest and I'm eating well. Um, and I'm not drinking. And you're drinking ginger beer. But I'm drinking ginger. I'm ginger drinking beer. ginger beer. But I'm drinking tea far. This green tea far more regularly. So I don't know. Maybe there's something there. 
Um, that said, we've talked a little bit about Telegram on this uh, show as well. There is a link to our private Too Busy to Flush Telegram group in the show notes as well. Jump on, send us a note there. If you don't want to send us a note there, but you do want to send us something, you can go to our website, www.toobusytoflush or tb2f.com. Scroll down and we've got a send us a postcard option. You can send us, shoot, shoot us a little note through that and we'll get back to you as well. While you're there, don't forget to pick up some swag from our swag shack. I just, we put up a whole bunch of new stuff. We got uh, uh, Faithfully Finite. We've got Butter Makes Everything Better. We've got some Live in Truth gear. We've got our regular Too Busy to Flush stuff. We've got journals, aprons, hats. Um, go check it out. You might find something you really, really like. And we have three copies left of... Um, uh, Robert Farrar Capens, The Supper of the Lamb that Molly will for what did I say $30? $25. $25. Didn't you? It was 25 or 30 We I'll still, Matthew, work. your copy is done. We haven't popped it in the mail for you yeah. yet. It was, what, I can't remember what I charged Matthew. Um, but anyway, for 25 or 30 bucks, somewhere in there, um, Molly will do a personally annotated, highlighted, noted, sticky noted markered up copy for you with all of her favorite sections that she's been quoting for the last five years. Mm. Um, I've read Capon before we got married. There you go. I've been quoting this book for 15 years there now. There you go. I had, you guys, I had Hollandaise when we went out for brunch on New Year's Eve and <clears throat> I was quoting Holland his Hollandaise quote in my brain. While I was enjoying my holidays. Right. So if you want one of those, send us a note as well. We can get you one of those going. Um, one of those going for you. If we get more than three orders, I am happy to order some more off of Amazon. They're brand new books. I'm just but picking them up off Amazon. But they come written in. <laughs> Molly's been putting down all of her favorite stuff for you guys. So it could be a, a fun little something or other. Um, and that that's shipping costs and you know our retail costs and all that stuff. So... Anyway, go ahead and do that. Um, We are a weekly podcast, so Lord willing, we will be with you guys again next week. Yep, Lord willing.